Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,798. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, with a very special guest by the name of Carl Anthony. Hey, Carl, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, Mark, I am. I am ready. We'll have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, I want you to share one little thing that most people don't know about you. Mark, I would have to say that... Jazz music and coffee are my kryptonite. <laughs> and whenever I'm working, I always have my jazz music streaming and I have a, a hot cup of coffee. Those oh, two nice. things are my kryptonite. Well, you know, you know how they say that the social media these days knows what you're thinking and you can think of something and they just send you an email ad or not an email. Well, sometimes it's an email, but they send yes. you a social media ad. And one of the things I've been looking at recently is some kind of really nice high-end coffee machine, espresso machine, something that can make really great coffee. Because I live in the Pacific Northwest where it's mandatory. You can't go anywhere yes. without coffee here uh, or right. Howard Schultz will attack you or something like that. You know, finding great coffee and when you do, it you just go, whoa, that's what coffee's supposed to taste like? So since you're a, sounds like a coffee aficionado, can you give me any tips here? Yeah. Well, so personally, Mark, I like the pour over and I would recommend getting a nice pour over setup mm -hmm. with the pot that will brew the water for you because it'll make sure that the temperature is exact. And if you want to talk ratios and things like that, ratios are very important with coffee. Mm -hmm. So if you're a numbers type of person, 31 to 35 grams of coffee is kind of about your of your coffee beans. That's kind of about your magic number with about 16 ounces of water. Mm. Uh, but research like the 1 to 15, 1 to 17 ratio because you'll want to change that ratio of water to beans based on your palate, based on your preferences. But a pour over, absolutely worth the time and the energy. And and then you can do it with any coffee you want. So if you like a lighter roast, a darker roast, doesn't matter. You just, you get the beans, you grind it yourself, you do the pour over and it's, it's amazing. Okay. I'm making notes. That sounds like a plan, but <laughs> yeah. you got, you got to pair this with jazz music, which you yes. love. So you yes. know, real quickly here, is there, I know you can't pick one, but if you had to pick one great jazz band or musician to listen to, who would it be right now? Yeah. So it, it is impossible to pick Mark. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll pick a station okay. and I would say Sirius XM watercolors, mm. which is channel 66 and the library that they have a lot of contemporary stuff, but older stuff too. So I think that, I mean, I, I have a list that I can go through, you know, Chris Bodie, Dave Cause, Wayman Tisdale, Grover Washington, Jr., David Benoit, Norman Brown, Chris Standring, Rick Braun, Acoustic Alchemy, Lindsey Webster, right? Like there's, sure. there's so many of them, Mark, that are awesome. But if I, my go-to station for jazz, Sirius XM 66 watercolors, I've got it on my app. I stream it through a little, uh, like a jawbone, like a little jam box sure. and I drink my coffee <laughs> and I work during the day. So it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Well, let me give, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into the world of cars here. Carl Anthony is the managing editor of Automoblog and AutoVision News. He's also a member of the Midwest Automotive Media Association and the Society of Automotive Historians. As the host for AutoSense Insights, he plays an active role in the thrice yearly AutoSense Conference for auto Autonomous, I should say, for Autonomous Driving in Brussels, Detroit, and Hong Kong. Before the automotive industry, Carl was on the air at several popular Midwest radio stations. Ah, there's some music background there, including KIWR, KEZO, KJAN, and KELOFM. He also serves on the board of directors for the Ali Jolie Baldwin Foundation. 
He's a past president for the Detroit Working Riders. And as you would figure, he's a loyal Detroit Lions fan. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Carl about cars. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. So turn on a little jazz music for just a moment. Pour yourself a nice cup of coffee. We're going to have some fun here. We'll be right back. Are you heading out on the highway for a road trip this summer? I can't wait to hit the road. Covercraft makes quality protection for the inside of your vehicles while you're traveling. Their plush custom fit mats or Berber mats turn any ride into something special and are easy to remove and clean after days on the road. Covercraft floor mats are the ultimate protection from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, and slush. Just about anything you can throw at them. Don't forget your vehicle's trunk area too. Their Carhartt custom cargo liners not only look great, but they keep your rear cargo areas and seats protected from the sun and those accidental spills. Custom fit truck liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect to protect the factory carpet from all those things that can stain and damage the floors. All your options are quality made, easy to clean, secure to the floor, and look oh so good. Check out Covercraft.com for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for a custom fit. And I've got a special offer for you. If you use the code ya 21 that's Y-E-A-H-2-1, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code ya 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company. And I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework. I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Carl, I'm in the mood now. You know, got my coffee going and turn the music down so we can talk. Let's go a little deeper into the corner here. I want you to share more about your business, your career, what you're doing these days with Automoblog and AutoVision News, AutoSend. So uh, take the wheel, my friend. Yeah, and thank you, Mark, for the opportunity today to be on your podcast. So it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to our team as well. But uh, as far as the websites go that that Gearhead Media publishes, Automoblog and Autovision News, they're two different websites, two vastly different audiences. But the the short, the Reader's Digest version, Automoblog is an automotive website, and our job is to help people understand more about cars and drivers. Our audience is primarily enthusiasts and consumers, so we'll feature things like news, we'll feature reviews either of new vehicles or of automotive-focused products like dash cams and radar detectors, and then we have a number of guides, tire guides, insurance guides, warranty guides, guides that that are designed to help somebody with the buying or maintaining of a car. Cool. So that's Automoblog there kind of in a nutshell. AutoVision News, by contrast, is much more industry-focused, and particularly on ADAS, Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, all the way up to full-on autonomous driving, and then connected vehicles, and how connected vehicles can branch off into connected infrastructure and automotive technology. And so, 
it's really more about the future of transportation, which can cover a lot of different things, but mostly advanced safety and autonomous driving and what that may look like in the future. Primary audience there, engineers and marketing and media relations reps who are in the industry in that sector specifically. Mm -hmm. It could be an OEM, it could be a tier one, it could be a smaller startup, but they usually have some vested interest in autonomous driving and ADAS technology or connected infrastructure. And then the last thing on the list, Mark, you had mentioned, AutoSense Insights. And the AutoSense Conference happens three times a year. We're doing them all virtually now with COVID-19, but prior to the pandemic and when things do go back to normal, we have three events for AutoSense, one in Detroit, one in Brussels, and then another one in Hong Kong. And that conference is about bringing engineers together who are working on ADAS and autonomous driving and vehicle perception technology. The agenda, the, the speakers and, and, and the sessions and the breakout sessions, everything is very technical. So our motto there is for engineers, by engineers. And my job when I go to the conference is to interview the speakers, the exhibitors, the sponsors, and the delegates, and then eventually all of those end up on the AutoSense YouTube channel. Well, you sound like you have a lot of balls in the air that you're juggling yeah. and doing. Let's touch on electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles here real yeah. briefly with your sure. knowledge in this, because sure. I find this, we all find this so fascinating. Things are so rapidly changing in our world when it comes to the automotive uh, sector, if you will. The way I kind of see this, and tell me if I'm looking at this wrong, is it seems like electric cars are all coming onto us very, very quickly. However, I think people think, oh, just next year there'll be no more gas cars. Obviously, that can't happen. It's not going to happen. There's too many other pieces to this. Do you think that the thing we'll see first as a norm will be the autonomous vehicles versus everything being electric? Or do you see it reversing that role? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Mark. I think that we'll see electric vehicles first before we'll see autonomous vehicles. Although there is an Oreos and milk effect that happens with electrified vehicles and autonomous vehicles. In other words, when you take a vehicle architecture and you change it fundamentally from being mechanically based so what we would know in the last 100 plus years, a mechanical based architecture for a car, and you change that to an electrified platform, you automatically lend yourself to next generation ADAS and autonomous systems. So they almost have a natural pairing where if you look at more electric vehicles coming onto the scene, just by their very architecture and their nature and engineering, they just nicely lend themselves to autonomy and to next generation safety technology. But the thing about electric vehicles is that the only thing that's changing is the powertrain you're not removing the driver from the equation. So there are some things to get used to with an electric car. They don't make the same sounds. They don't handle the same. Uh, there's instant torque. But really, driving a vehicle with a powertrain is, you know, it, it's no different than if you take somebody and suddenly they're driving a turbo four-cylinder and they're driving a V8, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the feel is different. The vehicle feels different. It behaves differently. But you are still driving. So, it's less of a jump to take the average consumer and put them in, in an electric vehicle versus having them go into an autonomous vehicle. Because in an electrified vehicle, you're not removing the, the task of driving. You still have a human driver behind the wheel. The powertrain is different. But the human is still driving. The human is still doing something familiar. They're driving a car with a different powertrain, but they're still driving, you know, what they're used to. So now they're not putting gas in it. They're charging it at home. Mm -hmm. Autonomous driving is completely different. And then when you get into like a level three system and the vehicle has to what they call hand back. So you're driving in a semi-autonomous mode or an autonomous mode and, the, and then the vehicle, for whatever reason, can't operate in what's called the design domain. So maybe there's an obstruction with the weather, maybe it, the camera can't see. So then it requests the human to take back control, to hand back to the driver. That's not kind. That's not how we're accustomed to doing things behind the wheel. So <laughs> Certainly, yeah. I was taking a nap. I, Why'd you wake me up? Right. So I think that... 
electric vehicles is is a quicker it as far as consumer adoption goes electric vehicles in in my view from my vantage point will happen first before autonomy but again there is no denying that the electrified vehicle architecture just by its inherent existence will lend itself to autonomous technology so i think that will come later on now when you're talked with experts in this field engineers designers It seems to me the big 800-pound gorilla in the room is infrastructure, especially Mm -hmm. when you look at what's happened uh, perhaps recently in Texas with power grid problems. California seems to have them every year. When everybody goes home at night and at 5 p.m. plugs their car in to recharge it, where's all this power coming from? Because those little holes in the wall, that's not magic juice that comes out of them. That's got to be created somewhere in some way. And obviously there's government regulated, government mandated. I mean, they're they're bringing the government into it and it slows everything down. What are the thoughts that are being discussed around that? Yeah, I think from from my vantage point, Mark, is that you, you have the headlines and you have the press releases and then you have the stuff that nobody thought about until now. And let me, <laughs> let, me kind of, let me kind of explain what I mean. So I'll use an example from autonomous driving, and then I'll, I'll kind of connect it back here. But, you know, five, six years ago, it was autonomous vehicles are going to be here by 2020, 2021, 2025. And we're going to see a drastic reduction of traffic fatalities. And that was kind of the headlines. That was kind of the hype, right? Mm-hmm. And then a pandemic happened and that changed everything. And then engineers, uh, AAA has done studies on this, started doing some fundamental testing of these ADAS systems like automatic emergency braking and found that they were failing in broad daylight at pretty modest speeds of 25 and 30 miles an hour. And so what we started to realize with autonomous driving is that there's a lot of engineering challenges. How do you get a camera to see not just in broad daylight, but at night and in bad weather? Because humans drive at night. Humans drive when it's raining. So yes, autonomy may be a great thing. It may deliver on all the promises. But at this moment right now, we need to figure out how to make this system see in all conditions. Mm -hmm. Nobody was having the cybersecurity conversation five or six years ago until we started to go, well, let's talk about 5G. Let's talk about connected infrastructure and connected cars. Suddenly, we have to have a cybersecurity conversation because all of those cars now are vulnerable to bad actors, somebody who has a malicious intent. So now you say, well, how long does it take to put cybersecurity protections in? And suddenly, we're far beyond the 2025 timeline. Yeah, no kidding. I think it's the same with electrified vehicles. You you look at it and you say, okay, we have a target by 2025, 2030, whatever it is, and those targets are great. But along those lines, things pop up like little whack-a-moles at a carnival, things pop up that you didn't think about before. And in autonomous in an autonomous driving, I just I named a few examples, but there's some things with electrification. Like, for example, what if I am towing my trailer? my heavy trailer, my camper, um, and I have to go on a long trip and I have to go all across the Midwest, how feasible is that with an electrified truck versus a diesel truck where I can stop, I can fill up, and I can drive through the desert? Now, that's not to say that that's impossible. An electrified truck would be able to do that. It would be able to do it with the proper engineering and the proper infrastructure, but it can't do it right now. So, Electric vehicles are great, but for a certain percentage of the population, if I'm a guy that I have a big camper and a diesel truck, I need that diesel truck because that's how I pull my camper through the desert on my cross-country trip out to California. An electrified vehicle doesn't work for me. Those are the things that pop up. So if you want consumer adoption in all facets, you have to look at developing a vehicle that will work for every consumer. And we'll get to that point. We've had over 100 plus years of engineering on the internal combustion engine. Sure. So if you take that same time frame and you say, well, what's 100 years of engineering on electrified powertrain? Then, yes, you'll have electrified trucks. But you have to be careful with blanket statements to say it's going to be here by 2025. It's going to be here by 2030. That may be true, but there's going to be certain segments and certain use cases and certain things that are going to pop up that you haven't thought about before, that you're going to have to go back to the drawing board that will inevitably push that timeline back. Right. 
No doubt. <laughs> There's always something when it's evolving. And you, again, you think about how long the combustion engine's been around and it's evolved. Yeah. And I remember as a kid driving through the desert and having to stop and seeing cars with those water bags on the front and have yep. to stop and let your car cool or you just wouldn't, weren't going to make it. It was just kind of normal. You stop and have right. a picnic mom would make. And now you think, well, that's ridiculous. Why would I have to right. stop in a car and refill the radiator what right that doesn't happen so yeah interesting times are coming and they're rapidly accelerating to use a bad pun here on yes. car chat today let me ask you this carl about your driving inspirations was there a key mentor in your life in your world that helped push you forward into the career that you've chosen yeah there, there were a handful of them mark and i and i really i I thought long and hard about the questions that you sent over ahead of time. So I really put my thinking cap on with these. I appreciate that. Thanks. But uh, my my mentors, and I'll just I'll kind of go through the list briefly here. But uh, Sophia John is her name. She was my very first program director in commercial radio at eighty nine seven The River KIWR in Council Bluffs, Omaha, and. I, I was a young, I was a young kid. Uh, I was cocky. <laughs> I, I had a really, I had a bad attitude, Mark. I was young and immature. Mm -hmm. uh, but she imparted a lot of wisdom to me when I probably didn't deserve it. And I look now that at almost 40 years old, how I've grown up and there's, there's a part of me that would love to go back and say to her, look, Sophia, I would love to work for you again in radio I, I'm grown up and I get it now and, and, and I understand. And so she was always she was always a wonderful mentor for me. Nice. And then in automotive, Mark, there, there were mentors at Sioux Falls Ford and Luxury Auto Mall of Sioux Falls where I got my start in 2009 in the automotive business. Those people there taught me that customer service is more than a buzzword and that the car business is really the people business. And we have modeled Gearhead Media off of what I learned there at Sioux Falls Ford and Luxury Auto Mall of Sioux Falls. And and that is simply, we had a slogan at the dealership. It was to be so effective that we're able to be helpful to others. Mm. And we put that into Automoblog. We put that into AutoVision News that the content that we create, we want it to be helpful for people. And then more recently, Mark, it's all of my math instructors at Wayne State here in Detroit. And we can get to this in probably a later part of the podcast, but I'm a non-traditional student. I'm, I'm going back. I'm studying for my engineering degree. And Wow. Right were, now you're doing that? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And going back as a non-traditional st student, as an older student, it's terrifying to go back to college at, at, at my age. And I had three math instructors who taught me a combination of algebra all the way up through calculus, too. Uh, Naresh Mahaber, Marissa Henderson, and Samantha Flores. And I would sit with all three of those professors, Mark, for hours on end and just... And, and just be like almost to the point of tears because I'm like, I, I don't get this. Like, like math is hard for me. It's very difficult for me. And they would always, they gave me so much patience and grace, Mark. And they mm. taught me nice. not only just math, but more that math was about real life and that there were real applications just beyond the book and just beyond the, just beyond the lecture. So that's a grouping of my mentors probably over the last 15 years. Oh, you're so fortunate. My wife is an engineer, mathematician. She does math puzzles for fun. Math was, nice. I was like you, I, math, I did well, but I had to work so hard and it just yeah. never clicked in my brain. And for her, she has this it's a different brain set. I know it is. There's just, yeah. there's some wires that in my brain are crossed. Hers, they're perfectly in line and they just, she just loves it. And it's, it's a game for her. And thank goodness my kids had her as an afternoon tutor when they came home from school because yes. they did not want me. That's for sure. For right. The, for that use. That's for, for sure. How would you advise others going into this career path you've chosen? Is there a couple words yeah. of wisdom you might offer? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Mark. And I would say to Find a mentor, which is what we were just talking about. Right. Learn all that you can. Read. Constantly, constantly read. And don't be too quick to form an opinion. Realize that there are, especially in automotive, two sides to every story, that there's always more behind the data. When you see things like the latest market trends, understand that there's more behind that. Take a deeper dive before forming an opinion. You know... This comes to mind when the first ideas were coming out about autonomous cars, and I went, who on earth would want to do that? Now, I'm, a, I'm a sports car guy, a driver, I raced. Right. I thought, who would want the car to drive itself? What a crazy, dumb idea. And then I looked at it, as you say, from another perspective, through some other eyes. 
through my mother's eyes. Uh, She's aging. Driving is becoming a bit more of a challenge for her. And I quickly realized, wouldn't it be nice if a vehicle just pulled up, she walked out, got in it, and it took her to a doctor's appointment, to the hair appointment or the nails or grocery store, wherever you go. And I went, oh, I hadn't thought about that because I'm only looking at it from my perspective. And it goes, I was having the conversation with my son. He goes, dad, remember what you used to tell me when I would have disagreements with other kids in my classrooms? Don't argue your point first. Ask that person why they think the way they think. Right. Get their perspective first. It goes back to Stephen Covey's seven habits. First, listen to understand, then speak to be understood. And you're exactly right. And that's the thing I always try to do when I look at the craziness in social media is instead of coming unglued when I see something that I don't agree with, stop and ask myself, why would they think that's a good idea? Right. And maybe even ask them. Although sometimes that's met with some pretty negative responses. <laughs> You're questioning me? Well, yeah, right. I don't. I can't see your perspective. Help me see it. So great advice you've got there. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back as we continue on this path of challenges. Since you get a nice segue there, uh, I'm going to ask you about a big challenge in your world. So sit tight. Keep the seatbelts on. Be safe. We'll be right back. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. And don't forget when you're on their website getting your subscription, use the code CARSYEAH and they'll give you $10 off. Okay, Carl, we're back. So I want you to share a huge challenge, obstacle, failure, something you've met up with in your life. But of course, the most important part of this is what did it teach you and how did you move forward in a positive way? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. And I think now, looking back, the biggest failure that I had, and I alluded to this a moment ago when I talked about my mentor, Sophia John, but Mm -hmm. my biggest failure was my radio career when I started in commercial radio back in 2006. And what I have learned over the years, Mark, and this is something that automotive has taught me, is back then I was very good on the air, But I was very bad at radio as a whole. Mm. I knew how to be on the air. I knew how to be on the radio. I knew how to do audio production. But I was largely unaware of how the radio business worked. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something until I learned much later in life. And so then you throw a bad attitude on top of that. You throw just being young and immature on top of that. And it, it was a recipe for disaster. And I was unwilling to make the sacrifices necessary. So that that is certainly, when I look back at my life, Mark, my radio career is, is certainly a failure. However, today, my broadcasting education that I received at Iowa Western in, in Council Bluffs, Iowa, That prepared me for automotive and particularly prepared me for the work that I do with Automoblog and Autovision News. I approach both of those websites as a program director would approach a radio station. My broadcasting education taught me things like interviewing and taught me things like news writing. Those are things I use every day with Automoblog and Autovision News. One of our big goals in 2021 is to start 
a YouTube channel and to build up our presence for Automoblog on YouTube. Mm. And if we can accomplish that, there's more opportunities there, Mark, where I can use my broadcasting education. And what I have learned as I, as I turn 40 this year is that I squandered my radio career 15 years ago, but I will not squander automotive. And that was the most powerful lesson. So my goal now as I get older is not necessarily to be a great automotive writer or editor, but is more more to be just an expert on the automotive business because I've been through that before. I was good on the air, but I was really bad at radio. So that's my perspective now is if I understand automotive, if I seek to understand automotive and I'm constantly a student of the automotive industry, I will in turn be a better automotive writer and editor and so on and so forth. You mentioned a bucket list item there, launching into YouTube and so forth. Is that yes. a great, when I asked this question about another big accomplishment you'd like to uh, undertake and overcome and master that skill, would that be it? That would certainly be one of them. I think that YouTube is a great place for us to expand into. There are a lot of opportunities there, and we're going slowly but surely building up our YouTube channel for Automobile Blog with content. It's a natural fit. And if two or three years we could look back and say, wow, we have a much bigger presence on YouTube, then that would be a great bucket list item. That would be a great goal for us over the next couple of years to expand our YouTube reach for Automobile Blog. Cool. Absolutely. Sounds great. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life, either something that you had as a first vehicle or a vehicle that you aspired to and you finally got. What was that? And maybe share an experience about that ride. Yeah. So uh, it was a Sterling Gray 2005 Ford Ranger FX4 Level 2. Okay. at the time, Mark, the FX4 was common for Ford, but the FX4 Level 2 was kind of a rare bird. It had Alcoa wheels on it and had BF Goodrich all-terrain, the off-road tires. And it was the truck that I had when I first started working at Sioux Falls Ford in January of 2009. And as I was getting my feet underneath of me in the car business and I was learning to sell cars, and actually during a very hard time because it was right around then that GM and Chrysler had declared bankruptcy right. and Ford yeah. was Tough time. just, yeah, Ford was just hanging on by a thread. And, you know, I learned how to sell cars in that time frame. And Cash for Clunkers happened that summer. Literally, I got hired in January and Cash for Clunkers came out that summer in 09. But I remember I remember at the end of a Saturday, and for those who work in the car business or have worked in the car business, when you're at a dealership on a Saturday, Saturday is like the day, especially if you're selling Fords because that clientele is mostly they work Monday through Friday jobs. So they come in on Saturdays to, to look at a vehicle or to purchase a vehicle. So Saturdays around our dealership, it was always very busy. And at the end of the day at six o'clock, Mark, I would go out to the back, uh, the back of our service drive. It was closed, but there were a couple wash bays back there. And I would wash my Ranger. And, and I, I had it nice. I, I had chrome Nerf bars. I had chrome box rails. I had a soft tonneau cover. I had a nice bug shield, which looked really good with the BF Goodrich tires and the Alcoa wheels. And I would shine that truck up, Mark, at the end of a long Saturday. And I just remember feeling really accomplished. You know, at that time, I was learning some hard lessons because my radio career had essentially right around that time kind of fizzled out. And so here I was in the car business for the first time. It was a drastically different life. A whole different world. It was a whole different it was a whole different world. And I had no idea what would become of it from 2009 until now. But I just I remember washing my Ranger in the back there at Sioux Falls Ford and the sun would be setting over Interstate 29. And I remember thinking man, this is really cool. Like this is, this is really neat. I, you know, this washing, I loved washing my truck at the back of the dealership. And then I eventually traded that truck in for a 2011 Ford F-150, the three, five EcoBoost when that engine came out in the summer of 2011. And Mark, that was wild because the three, five EcoBoost was everything Ford said it was. And then some, (laughs) Nice story. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Carl. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, not what you want to be, but you were manifest as a vehicle based on Mm -hmm. your personality, what would you be and more importantly, why? Yeah, I would like to be a minivan. 
a minivan. Okay, got to ask why. The reason being is Detroit is my home. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of iconic vehicles that have come out of Detroit, Michigan. And most people would think muscle cars. And and that's, that's fair. You look at the Mustang. You look at the Mopar era of the 1970s. You look at the muscle car battles, Pontiac GTO. Detroit is responsible for all of that. The Woodward Dream Cruise that happens over the summer. So we are definitely, we are a car town just as Nashville is a music town. Mm-hmm. But there is one vehicle that is equally iconic when it comes to Detroit's history. And that's the Dodge Caravan and the Plymouth Voyager. And when those vehicles appeared in 1984, Mark, they changed the way we thought about transportation. My parents had a 1989 Dodge Caravan with with the wood paneling on it and everything, had a turbo engine in it. So it was actually quicker than you might have thought. But we loved the minivan. And everybody I grew up with had a minivan. Again, it revolutionized transportation. So in my view... In terms of automotive history, the minivan is, uh, is as iconic as muscle cars. So part of that wanting to be a minivan is, is the love that I feel and the appreciation that I feel to Detroit. But the second part of it, Mark, is that if I were a minivan, I would be with a family for both their greatest joys and the times where they were not so happy. For both extremes, mm-hmm. the the sad times and the happy times. So, for example, as a minivan, I might help that family bring home a newborn from the hospital, but at the same time, transport that family to the funeral of a beloved grandparent. You would see a family age and go through life. So the kids grow up, they go to middle school, they go to high school, they play in the band, they, they, they play on the basketball team. So you see the whole evolution of of, of a family, right. a, a kid learning to drive for the first time in the in the minivan. But as a minivan, I would always have access to the latest technology. Minivans today, Mark, they're packed with technology. So I would never be behind the times. And when you look that minivans today offer 20 inch wheels, you know, <laughs> know like know. minivans are stylish and cool. So when when I look at it all. You know, and, and I have a passion for automotive safety and I have a passion for ADAS systems and, and keeping people safe when they're driving. And a minivan is a great use case for all of that technology. And sometimes I think, you know, when you get behind the wheel of a minivan, there's all the technology and there's all the capability that they can do. You know, you don't want to admit it, but minivans are cool. And sometimes, Mark, I think my future goal someday is t- is to be a mechanical engineer whenever I finish my degree. I'd like to teach math to non-traditional students at night school. So like at a community college, teach math, algebra, calculus to students who are going back to school in their 30s and their 40s and they're completely terrified. You know, and I'm like, it's okay. I've, I've been in your shoes. I know we can get through it together. And I kind of think a minivan is like, there's Professor Anthony. What a dork, <laughs> you know, <laughs> teaching math and driving his minivan, you know, onto campus. But you know what? Professor Anthony's kind of cool, you know, <laughs> Automoblog and Autovision News are kind of cool. And you know what? Minivans are kind of cool. So, yeah, Mark, and I, I, I thought about that when I put my thinking cap on for that one, and I would definitely want to be a minivan. Holy cow, you took us on a deep dive there <laughs> and uh, made it, making the minivan cool. I don't think anybody's ever pulled that one off. Well, so thank you. I love it. Very nicely done. What are some ways, and you just touched on it, that you'd like to help back others? I mean, yeah. becoming a professor and helping people that get through what you got through. There's a, there's a great thing. Yeah, that's that that's that's my that's one of my long-term dreams, Mark, mm-hmm. is to nice. get my get my mechanical engineering degree and then become a a math professor at uh, at at one of the colleges around here that offers night classes for uh, adults for people who are going back as non-traditional students, but I think now I want to mentor younger people. That is really both a personal and a professional goal of mine. Um, at the moment, I'm mentoring a, a young female. Her, na- her name is Emily Pruitt. She writes for both Automoblog and Autovision News. And Mark, I'm very proud of her. She is going to go far. And whether she stays in automotive, whether she stays in journalism, no matter where her career goes, I know that she's going to go far. And I'm really excited for her, and I'm excited for some of the opportunities now this this last year that has come 
that, that, that have come for her because we have been working together. So I certainly think that's something that as far as helping others in the industry. And then I would say outside of mentoring Emily and, and, and being a, a quirky college professor teaching math someday is that I really want to shed light on what women in automotive are doing. And when you look at AutoVision News, especially the platform that we have there, there are lots of females in the auto and auto tech sectors. Oh, yeah. And there, there's one organization that we work with in particular, Mark, called Women in Autonomy. And Women in Autonomy is about empowering women and educating women and equipping women in the automotive industry and in the technology industries. And they have actually a mentoring program that, that they just launched. And they have webinars now that they're offering for females in the automotive community. And so being a media partner with them has just been fantastic. And here's kind of how I here's kind of how 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 I I look at this mark is that I know people talk a lot about, you know, giving back or or being helpful and I don't know if it's so much about giving back for me, but I I look at it like this. You know, I, I I go back to my female mentors that I mentioned a moment ago, Sophia, Samantha, Marissa. I look at my mom, look at my grandmother, I look at my wife, I look at my wife, Danielle. And I want to conduct myself in business in a way that they would look at me as a respectable man. That my mentors, my female mentors would say, Carl was worth the investment mm. in time and energy. Mm-hmm. And that my mom and my grandmother and my wife would say, that is a respectable man. That's how I want to conduct myself. And women in autonomy, as far as an organization goes, they can and will be successful. They can be successful without my help. They do not need my help. However, I'm humbled and honored to be part of their journey and to be an advocate and to support them when and where I can. That's the exciting part. So I don't know if it's so much as giving back or or helping another. I, I don't know how you'd phrase it. I think I just chalk it up to the fact that Women in Autonomy is a really cool organization. We have an opportunity with AutoVision News to advocate for what they're doing. And at the end of the day, I just want to be a respectable businessman and a respectable automotive personality, if, if that's what you want to call it in today's age of social media. But I just want to be somebody that you look at it and you look at Automoblog and you look at AutoVision News and you say, that's somebody I'd like to do business with. That's somebody I'd like to partner with because they're interested in doing the right things and they're interested in giving a spotlight to people who may not otherwise have a spotlight. Brilliant. Love it. That's awesome. I'll make sure to put a link to Women in Autonomy on Carl's yes. show notes page so that all of you can do a little more research there. Very, yeah, very please cool. Do. Yeah. yeah. Is there a book that you would like to share with our listeners that you've read? Yeah. Some really good books as far as just getting an overall view of what the automotive industry is about. Car Guys versus Bean Counters by Bob Lutz, former mm-hmm. vice chairman of General Motors, which talks about how he had come in to help GM through a very difficult time there. Great book, excellent book. And then American Icon by Bryce Hoffman, another just excellent book about Alan Mulally's tenure at Ford Motor Company and some of the challenges that they had to overcome. And then I haven't read the book yet, Mark, but it's next on my list, and it's called 8-Track, The First Mobile App. <laughs> and it's by, it's by R.J. King, a fellow Detroiter and editor of D Business. And it is about, it's my understanding, it, it's about how the 8-Track tape player became a thing in cars. So I haven't read it yet. That's the next book on my list, but I'm really excited to read that one from RJ King. Very cool. Uh, As my listeners know, I'll put all these books on Carl's show notes page so you can do a quick click to add them to your automotive library. One more quick break. We come back. It's the ultimate drive. So stay in your seats. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn? the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth 
Plus, your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. All right, we're back. I have a magic scepter, and that means I can make things happen here on Cars Yeah, which is pretty cool. What I'm going to do for you today is you get to pick the kind of vehicle you're in. Who are you going to be riding or driving with? Could be somebody living or somebody who's passed. Okay. And who would be at the wheel, and what would you be talking about on this ultimate drive? So take it away. I love it. There are two cars, Mark, but they're remarkably similar in their setup and design. So I would go with either a Mazda Miata or a Subaru BRZ. Good, proper sports car, rear drive. Uh, The person that I would be with would be my wife, Danielle. And we would take turns driving because we are both driving enthusiasts. So whenever we go somewhere on a long trip, we just, we kind of have this unwritten rule that we switch off at every gas station or every time we stop for coffee. Cool. Now, I will say this, Mark. If we're talking it's a Mazda Miata or Subaru BRZ and we're going around corners in the mountain, Danielle is going to be much more adventurous behind the wheel than I am. So <laughs> Hold on to that coffee. <laughs> yeah. So if you're driving with me, it's probably five under the speed limit. And if you're driving with Danielle, it's probably a much more, it's probably a much more spirited drive. Let's, Let's see if we can it. number, we can double that number on that sign right there. What do you think? <laughs> yes. But we do this in kind of a mini way already. Danielle and I have a tradition every Saturday night, we go and we get coffee and we drive around the local area here in Detroit and we go through dealer lots and we look at cars and we talk about cars and what our favorites are and and different features and where we would drive them if we would own them. And so we have said that if we had a Mazda Miata or a Subaru BRZ, even though it's small, we'd, we'd pack a bag And we would go on a road trip all across this country to different car shows and different car museums because that's that's what we love doing around the Detroit area. So we just want to do it in sort of a road trip fashion. Sure. And we would want to hit all the big ones, New York, Chicago, L.A., obviously NAIS here, which isn't so much of a road trip as it is just going downtown. But we would hit New York, Chicago, L.A. And then we would look to like the smaller regional auto shows that Motor Trend puts on. There's so many gems when you look at the auto show circuit. So After we get the vaccine and life goes back to normal, that's something that her and I want to do. We want to, you know, eventually get a sports car someday, take this road trip to different car museums and different car shows. And Danielle is my best friend. And if we're not talking about cars, we're talking about life. And as we have gone through with Automoblog and Autovision News and those sites have grown and she has been there for every step of the way. She knows all my hopes. She knows all my fears. She knows all my dreams. And I think on that road trip with us having coffee in a little sports car like a Miata or a BRZ, it'd be wonderful to go down the road and, and to, to to talk about life and just be with her and, and have that journey. So that's, if we're going to wave the wand, the magic wand, Mark, that's that's what I would want to be doing. Sounds like you married the right lady. That's for I sure. Did. So <laughs> very did. good, very good. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful drive here today, Carl. This has been so much fun. Before I let you go, Could you share maybe one little parting piece of wisdom, guidance, a success quote, or a mantra? Yeah, sure. And Mark, I want to thank you again for being on the show today. You're welcome. You're welcome. It means a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, I I would say the the, the last parting thing I could think of is something that I learned back in 2009 when I had first started at Sioux Falls Ford. And those mentors took me under their wing in the car business. And that is that the car business isn't really the car business, it's the people business. And these days, it's really more the technology business, too, which is a conversation for probably a, another podcast, another show, Mark. But it's the idea of understanding people. When you understand people, you'll understand cars. And we have a tendency in the industry, Mark, to view things through an industry lens. We see numbers, we see reports, we see trends, and we look at them through an industry context. And and that's fine. And there's a time and a place for that. But The average everyday person, they view cars through their own lens and they view cars in the context of their own life. So for them, an industry perspective 
really doesn't mean anything. And it's understanding that every vehicle in some way to somebody is special. So I go back to the minivan thing, right? No, certainly minivans are not as cool as sports cars or Jeeps or or cool trucks or muscle cars. But to somebody out there, a minivan is the greatest vehicle on four wheels. We may look at SUVs and crossovers and we may roll our eyes and say, man, there's another one. They all look the same. They're all the same boring crossover or SUV. But to somebody who drives it, that's the best vehicle they've ever owned and they love it and they can tell you all the reasons why they love it. So it's not so much the car business. It's the people business and understanding how people engage cars, whether that's a local car show and you're talking collectors who have Mustangs and Chargers and Challengers and Camaros and all those cool cars we love, or it's an everyday person who goes out to their garage and says, you know what? I love the fact that I can click a button and the door on my minivan opens automatically. (laughs) The car business is not the car business. It's the people business. Nicely said. How can people learn more about Automoblog, AutoVision News, and AutoSense Insights? I would recommend, Mark, going to first the home pages of our two websites, so Automoblog and AutoVision News. For Automoblog, that's automoblog.net. The reason why we have .net is because we started the site in 2006 and .net was all the rage back then. But <laughs> yeah. automoblog.net. And then as far as AutoVision News goes, the homepage is autovision-news.com. Autovision-news.com. We would love it if you would sign up for the weekly email newsletters that we do. Uh, the newsletters are just an update of the stories that have happened throughout the week. So if it's AutoVision News, it's more stories focused on ADAS and autonomous driving. If it's Automoblog, it's it's more general. It's more general car stuff. Twitter is a great place to follow us at Automoblog or at AutoVision News. And then if you want to connect with me personally, I would just connect with me on LinkedIn. You can search Carl Anthony LinkedIn. It says Managing Editor and Partner Automoblog AutoVision News. That's me. I have a black jacket on in my profile picture. So you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll make sure I put links to all of these on Carl's show notes page. So you just have to go to the Cars Yeah website, type in Carl Anthony. His page will pop up and all these links will be right there for quick, easy clicks to connect. And I want to thank Jackie Lambert uh, at Earn Media for introducing me to Carl. She does a great job. Thank you very much. Jacqueline, or Jackie, as we like to call her. So there you go. Listeners, again, you can find everything on Carl's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Carl. Thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing some wonderful stories and insights with us today. This has been a delight. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's been my pleasure. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, fellow inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Did you know if you subscribe at carsdad.com, I'll send you my free filler up book. It's an ebook filled with fuel, filler fun, and inspirational quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get a weekly wrap-up email from me every Friday, and your name will be in the hat for one of the many free giveaways here at Cars Yeah. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button, and boom, you're in the club. And don't forget to subscribe to Cars Yeah on your mobile podcast app, and you'll get the Cars Yeah show delivered right to your mobile device every day, absolutely free. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts, that's what we're all about here at Cars Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.